That's a little bit better. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm a big mouth, so I'll just try to keep it kosher. All right, give me just a minute. Hey, by the way, Ashley, I was going to say congrats on uh, joining. I mean, how fun for you. This is a, I, I, when I read the news, I was just like, that parent is like, right, save that. Save that. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. Fucking genius. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous, but um, it should be good. <laughs> You'll just get to the point where you don't care, and then you won't be nervous anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm I'm such a factual person, if you haven't figured that out by now, so I just want to make sure my facts are right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> and... Did you give me permission to record? Yeah. Uh, yep, I'm recording. Okay, so I'm just waiting for this to go on Facebook Live. Oh, we're going live. All right, and uh, we'll start at 5432. Welcome to this edition of the Rising News One podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blau. Join with me today. We have our new co host, Ashley Oriana and the host of the PRFC Fan Show, Mr. Kevin Gates. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hello, hello. And this is our first episode that we're going to be uh, streaming live on the Rising's One Facebook page as well. We might do some YouTube. Thanks to Zoom, we're learning all sorts of new ways to uh, interact with uh, our fans or not fans, as the case may be. Um, so, Ashley, you're a little bit new to the uh, – you're new to, to joining us on the podcast as a co-host. Uh, I, as well as many gentlemen who may be out there, are very interested in learning a little bit about you. So give us your history around soccer. Tell us about yourself what's, uh, and, and what you got going on. Yeah, so I grew up, like, probably out of my mom's womb, like, knowing soccer. <laughs> like, um, my dad and his family all have a history of soccer. My grandpa was a coach. My dad currently coaches soccer for um, a club team and has coached for oh my god probably like 15 years maybe even more than that from like all the different ages from like six years old all the way up to like 20s and um, I grew up like watching Mia Hamm on TV watching the U.S. play um, my dad is Hispanic, so um, our team was Barcelona growing up. So literally the only teams I really knew about was USA women's, um, USA men's, and Barcelona. And it probably wasn't until I was in high school that um, when Pep Guardiola transferred to Man City that I really started watching Premier League. And then um, I was, since I was a really big like uh, national team fan, when the men started going into MLS, I started watching MLS and like Clem Dempsey was one of my favorite. Um, and I would watch Sounder games. I'm from San Jose. So obviously the earthquakes is my MLS team, but yeah, I love soccer. Like um, all of my siblings have played soccer. We've all played for a couple of seasons. I was a goalkeeper. <laughs> um, that's what I thrived at. I was tall. And um, I had played volleyball too, so I was just 
good in the box. But where'd you play locally? Um, I played at GYSA Rec. So. Awesome. awesome. All right, and uh, welcome again, once again, to uh, Kevin Gates. Thanks for filling in for Kyle as our co-host for today as well. Um, Kyle Mackey's sister is getting married, uh, so he is enjoying some sort of hopefully somewhat socially distanced wedding uh, uh, out there. You know, there's no reason to delay the delay the nuptials, I guess, anymore because we're going to be stuck in this for a while. So. He's out enjoying uh, enjoying some family time. Uh, Kevin, give us a little bit of a of an update. What's been going on with you for the past little while? Uh, I think the last time maybe we saw each other in person was the jersey reveal. Um, uh, I don't even know that I, I got to see you on the, at the first match. So what do you have going on, and uh, what's up with the PRFC fan show? Well, first of all, let me say thanks for uh, having me on the show. It's always fun to be on the show, and major, major Congrats, Ashley, um, joining the show. Uh, can't think of, I mean, really, I can't think of a better addition to the show for them. I mean, fantastic. You've got the soccer knowledge. You bring a female perspective, which is really important. Um, <laughs> no, it really, truly is. And um, I just think the personality and everything is going to work out really well. Uh, you're going to be a great addition to the show, so congrats. Hey. Um, so with the show, we have put out a couple things. Um, we we uh, put out an episode that was uh, kind of lukewarm received. Uh, it was kind of our take on COVID and uh, social distancing. And <laughs> you know, we're a ridiculous show. We're going to do stupid things. That's what we do. Um, um, and then uh, we started a new thing, uh, kind of an individual effort on my part uh, on, in front of the video, but a little bit of collaboration with uh, Phoenix Rising Nation, Edward. Um, and it's uh, kind of like a Saturday Night Live news thing. Um, and actually, this is something I'm actually kind of proud of. So we <laughs> I think we're actually creating some uh, content that uh, just, you know, different takes on the news and uh, trying to keep a wacky side to it a little bit, try to keep things lighthearted and always hating on New Mexico. So we're consistent with that. Um, and there's going to be a lot more of that. Uh, we're putting together an episode right now. Um, and it'll be out before the July 11th um, game. It's going to be a social distancing episode again, um, but a little, a little bit closer. So uh, we're, we're gearing things up. I've, I've been working a lot uh, with the MO. Um, we've got another player interview coming up, and um, I want to get on with Coach Sean's, but he's inundated with real media, so we didn't have time for this. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to have a good time. In fact, I've got a little uh, something I want to run by you guys after this and see if you guys would be interested in, in doing something like this. Awesome, awesome. And uh, some other really uh, uh, good stuff to announce as well. Um, earlier today, uh, our former host, Dominic Kearns, um, did did make the announcement that he and his his new wife are are going to be expecting a new little boy uh, so we're going to have a new little boy uh, as our um, as a new Phoenix Rising fan. So congratulations, Dom. Uh, boys are awesome. Uh, you know. Boys are awesome. What? I need to be able to hand down all of you. I'm done. That's it. Dom had a girl. Our condolences. Yeah. It's nice to have the boy first, so they'll have a girl. It'll be it'll be good. So I'm already, I'm, I'm already planning the second one for them. Uh, 
Uh, He'll be a footballer. We all know it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, uh, and, you know, the funny thing is I'm a goalkeeper. Dominic's a goalkeeper. Ashley's a goalkeeper. Um, Emma, <laughs> one of the other teams, she was our, uh, an intern uh, in, in, for the team as well. She was also a goalkeeper. For some reason, when you, you're a goalkeeper, the sport just hooks, it, hooks itself oh, into yeah. you. And you never can leave, I guess. For sure. <laughs> so – Let's uh let's move on to actually some really great news. So we're we're gonna have a season, kind of uh, maybe a surprise to some. I think it's a little <laughs> bit of a surprise to me uh, that that we will actually have a season this season. So let let's talk about a little bit about what it's gonna look like. Um, our season is being reduced from a thirty-four game season down to a sixteen match season. Uh, Basically, they're they're taking each of each conference and breaking it into regions, uh, and, and really doing their best for the teams to try to reduce the amount of travel time as much as humanly possible, um, with, with by essentially breaking things into regions. Um, each team's schedule is going to be made up of twelve games within its own group. And then there'll be a couple of the remaining matches are going to be in a similar geographic region. So uh, we're going to talk about what our region looks like, and we're going to talk a little bit about what those other matches look like. Uh, interesting, though, we have a five-team group, so there's it's going to be a little bit of an unbalanced season between those 12 matches. Uh, these games are going to be played over 13 weeks, uh, and they're going to end in the beginning of October. And then we're going to have a single elimination, uh, single elimination tournament with the top two teams from each region. So really has sort of, to me, this World Cup sort of a feel where you have a group, you got to try to get out of the group, and then off you go for your, your, your single elimination stuff. So Ashley, give us, tell us your thoughts uh, on how this format, could they have done better? Uh, I certainly think it could have been worse. Yeah. I think that this is a really great structure for what we're dealing with right now. Um, like you said, I totally thought it was going to be worse. I'm not even going to lie. And then I was to the point where I was like, if we don't even have a season, I'm almost okay with it. Like, <laughs> let's just start all over, forget this even happened. Like, but um, I am excited about this structure just because it is so compact, like in such a short amount of time too, you're not dragging it out even longer. I, I was scared that they were going to keep it going all the way into next year. And I was like, Oh God, please no. Like <laughs> just um, like condense it down and make it fun. Like, I think that this will be fun. I, the groups, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the, that later. I have my own opinion about that. I'm not sure if I'm loving our group, but um, I think that the overall structure of this is very good. Kevin, give us your thoughts a little bit on how, how this shrunken structure, how does this really affect the gameplay? Um, it looks like we're going to have a couple weeks that we'll have midweek games as well. Um, how does this affect things from the player standpoint? Uh, because we're really looking at much more of a sprint rather than the typical marathon and how injuries might come into play. So I'm not sure if sprint is the term that I would use. And here's why. Um, we're, we're going to start off like it's the beginning of the season again. We're all going to have to get our legs. We saw what happened at the Bundesliga with Kamal.
Premier League in the first couple of games, right? We had to get our legs, they had to get their legs underneath them. Can only expect that from Division One ball that's gonna, or Division Two ball that's gonna happen, right? It's gonna happen with anybody. Then we're gonna get our feet under us and we are gonna start to play, but we only have 16 weeks to work with, right? That's not very long. We are not even at the point where, uh, where um, being tired, the tired legs come into play at the beginning of a game. Hell, if you're playing FIFA on Xbox, right? Your players are the ball be at maximum for the beginning of every game, right? And we have this, for Phoenix Rising, we have this depth where we're just going to be able to swap players and do whatever we want, and it's not going to matter because we've got a Barcelona pretty much no matter what we're throwing on the pitch, right? It's uh, We're going to be so strong. So I think there are some teams, uh, Tulsa, who don't have any depth at all, who are completely screwed um, because we have a lot of teams like um, ourselves. I think Real Monarchs have been in this. Um, I think that Louisville, unfortunately, falls into this. Well, we've got strong squads and a strong bench, and so we're going to be able to go strong through those 16 weeks. It's only 16 weeks. I mean, holy crap. So from a player standpoint, I think they're just chomping at the bit, thinking we're going to get into this tournament. We're going to be able to bring our game, our A game in, because we've just gotten warmed up. We've just gotten into our groove, um, and that's going to be fantastic. From a fan standpoint, every effing game counts. And every game is going to be a nail biter, and I can't wait. It's like a World Cup. I have not made that connection, Aaron. That's a brilliant connection. It's going to be like the World Cup. Every game counts, and I, it's lemons out of lemonade, but I love it. Yeah, and as I'm sitting here doing the math, we're we, and we're going to talk about who's in our region, but we are in a five-team region. We're going to play each team three times to get to our 12 games in region. Um, that's going to be really interesting because that means you're, you're going to be home away home or your home home away and, and how that structure may work out. But in addition to five teams being in the, uh, being in the region, there's five substitutions. So this is coming off of the, the, um, FIBA, uh, not FIBA, the, uh, um, uh, what's the rules association? I can't remember the name now. Uh, but it's the FIFA basically granted five substitutions for everybody having to deal with these issues. So there are still only three substitution breaks that are allowed, but you're allowed five total substitutions. So that's really something important for our, our listeners to know because things are going to look a little bit differently. Additionally, you can if you substitute at halftime, that will not count as a substitution break. So you can literally be inserting players into the match four times throughout throughout the 90 minutes. I think that that's something that's going to, number one, it's going to play to uh, our benefit because of our depth. Uh, and number two, it plays to our benefit because we don't have only one team. Yeah. We still have two teams. We have Phoenix Rising and we have FC Tucson. So I, our team can sprint through the entire remainder of the season. We have 15 matches left. And we can probably run at a very, very high level for every single match. We don't have to reserve people because we can rest them, bring somebody up from Tucson, et cetera. Um, Ashley, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the five substitution rule and how, and how that may come into play strategically? I think, I think it's awesome, like, especially because, oh, my gosh, 
Phoenix Rising's depth in their bench is incredible. So having these five substitutions, I'm curious to see as to what Rick will do because you can change up the lineup. It's not like he has um, players that are just specific to one position. A lot of them can play multiple positions. So you can switch up your lineup depending on whether you're excelling in the game or you're just flat out sucking today. Well, so, we saw Von Lambert at striker. Yeah, exactly. Like we just saw Kevin and uh, what was it, Santi? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. That duo. Who expected that? I was like, I saw that and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> I, I did. You did. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think it'll be interesting. What is interesting to me, though, is if you've been watching Premier League, they do have the same thing, but not a lot of coaches have been using it. So um, I don't know if it's just out of habit, like they just don't think about it, or if it's because they're getting water breaks and that they don't use it, so they don't feel the need to. I think Man United was the first team to actually use all five um, or something like that. So... I mean, yeah. Remember the lesson that we learned at the beginning of last season: switching out players too much can be a bad thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. I think you'll probably see a big switch if there is any sort of substitutions at halftime. Like, what a perfect time to switch up your whole lineup if you want to. Um, but I don't. I don't think you'll see a lot of it if, if it's working, you know, and who knows? He's, Rick's got a lot that he can work with. So, And we have a good strength and conditioning program too. So, uh, Oh, for know, sure. The, the, the integration of the amount of stretching that our players do, I think that, that, that was a, that's a Carterone hangover uh, uh, practice that, that really is something that feels more unique to our team. Uh, Kevin, you have – you have a little bit more conversations with, with coach every once in a while. How do you think he'll integrate with those five subs? Well, first of all, he's not going to say uh, a word. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not. Um, but um, I, I, the reason why actually I said that um, I expected to see Sante to Kevin is because I've talked to Kevin and he fully expects, you know, he loves to attack, right? In fact, yeah. one of the things coach has a problem with is he wants to pull back a little bit more. Yeah, no, we saw him in his exactly where he wanted to be the other day. And it was, it was, it was brilliant. It's very evident. <laughs> He's good at it. <laughs> He's great at it. Um, so for me, um, it's going to be interesting to see what coach Hunts does because the benefit of having fresh legs versus not being able to build more chemistry with more time on the pitch with each mm -hmm. other um, is a very delicate balance. And if I were a coach, and God forbid that ever happens, um, <laughs> I would go, I would be leaning towards the chemistry side. I want my guys out there. When, when it's said and done, it's 16 games. Um, it's not that much. With only two, what is it, two games that are midweek, I think? Um, yeah, I think so. So I think that he's going to lean more towards keeping um, the squad on the team that he regards as his first team uh, will use the subs as needed. Um, but I really don't expect to see any huge changeups. I think Sean's is still gun shy from what happened at the beginning of last season. I think if you do see changeouts too, it'll be something like Santi Moore and Kevin, where they have had chemistry practicing. 
So you put them together on the field, like obviously they're going to take off because they practiced it before. Absolutely. So that's a little bit about what the regular season is going to look like in terms of our format. You know, uh, again, 12 games in uh, 12 games in group. Uh, one game for us already played. So that's 13 of our 16 matches. That leaves three matches outside of the group. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in, in just a minute. But I think a lot of what we're talking about really is the format of changing the format midstream is, is huge, but also ensuring player safety has been really huge. So if you're interested uh, on uslchampionship.com, there is an article about the health and wellness protocols, which are extremely rigorous uh, and they're so detailed and kudos to both USL um, as well as our, as the newly formed player association to really work this out. Number one, financially, because the originally the, 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 uh, the league was asking the players to take a pretty significant salary cut up to 20%. Yeah. Ends up being no cut. Also ensuring player safety. And some of these protocols are so incredibly specific regarding social distancing. Um, and we're going to be seeing some of this in the game day atmosphere at, at uh, Casino Arizona Stadium. There's no more walkouts with kids. Um, there's possibly going to be no anthem anymore. There's no team photos afterwards. There's no walking around uh, um, with fan interaction doing autographs after the matches. While the players are traveling, I mean, it is as, this is as specific as when they're traveling, they must mask from the time that they step foot out of the apartment until they step foot in the hotel room. They, they must be masked. In the hotel, in the, uh, if they're flying, there has to be a row of space in between players and the rest of the public. Um, and it's not just the players, it's also the staff. So the team has to identify, I think, up to 40 individuals who interact with the players who are subject to the same protocols as the players. So they have to have regular te pregame testing. They have to do, do all the same social distancing. Basically, the staff has to be treated the same way. And this is going to be kind of interesting for people like Ashley and me who <laughs> spend time on the pitch shooting, you know, shooting photography. Mm -hmm. It's, they're going to have to identify interns. There's no more ball kids. They're going to place 14 balls around the pitch. And when the ball goes out, the player has to find the nearest ball. And there's going to be one designated member of a covered staff person who will then have to track down the ball that went into the desert and place it back in a spot on the pitch. So they are so being so rigorous and so careful to try to keep these players safe because the last thing they want to have is they want to have one person who gets infected and infects the rest of the team. And we have had our hit. We have uh, reported this week um, in a press conference that Kevin was on. Uh, we do have four <laughs> players who, who have been diagnosed and with COVID and are asymptomatic. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about that press conference and, and, and what went on. What's interesting to share with our, with our group out here? Well, I mean, first of all, I ended up joining it about 15 minutes late um, work habits. Uh, I just couldn't get my client off the phone. I was very, very angry. Um, so I missed all the COVID stuff and the four-player 
announcement being COVID uh, positive, right? Um, to me, there was a lot of, what's the right word? Um, positioning on topics and not as many solid answers outside of what was announced about the players and the COVID stuff. Um, and to me, the COVID thing, um, I, you know, you probably saw me on Twitter. I really think that it's best case scenario. Best to get it done now and be done with it. Then later on, and they're asymptomatic, uh, they can get over it. They're going to have some period of time um, of, uh, of when they're not going to be able to, to catch COVID again. You know, it's going to happen. I, I'm afraid that there are a lot of clubs out there not announcing players who have COVID. Uh, I think that's a, that's a real problem. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so from a player perspective, I applaud the USL, all the steps that they're taking. That's all great. But there's one thing that I, I just totally disagree with right now. And that is the fact that they are not looking at the largest leagues in the world, Premier League, Bundesliga, you know, across the world, all of them. They don't have fans in the stands and there's a reason for that. And we're sitting in a state where we had 30, what, 3,800 new COVID cases yesterday. We're seeing other hotspots in the United States. We're seeing other areas that are bad. I want to get to a game as bad as anybody else. It drives me crazy to think that they're going to be games without me in the stands. But we have to look at the larger picture. And I think USL is starting to miss the boat. I get the financials. I understand that. But you know what? We have to think about health and safety. And bringing fans into the stands is going to cause problems that otherwise would not exist. They could be fan related solely, or they could overlap to the players. Because we all know humans are unpredictable. You never know what we're going to do, and who knows what goes on. Um, and so I'm very concerned about fans being in the stands. Yeah, and that's a good lead in. So from what I'm hearing so far is that it looks like the, the, the stance that Phoenix Rising is going to take is that they will be starting with a one-third capacity. So they, so we have 60, we'll call it, we'll call it 6,000 person stadium. Um, and our sold out streak, which stretches all the way into the 20, the 2018 season is going to end. Um, and we'll have about 2000, uh, 2000 fans. The supporter, uh, where the supporters group stands, uh, the supporters groups, that's about 1,200 folks. They're looking that that's going to look like two to 300 people in, this, in, in uh, um, the south zone there, okay? Uh, I'm more of a numbers guy. I look at sort of the science of it and the droplets and this and that. I think that that's – I think one-third capacity is pretty reasonable. I think anything more than that might get a little bit too much – Ashley, what are your thoughts about actually returning back to the stadium, even with a reduced capacity? Um, I think I think it's very interesting because Arizona is a hot spot. So especially since USL has taken such extraordinary measures to make sure that their players are safe and that their staff is safe. Fan, like Kevin said, fans are unpredictable. Like, I mean, in the Barcelona game, you had a fan break in the stadium and run onto the field. Like how that happened, I still don't happen? understand. Yeah. I was like, someone kind of give that kid a prize because like, that's amazing. But, but at the same time, it's like, 
you, you don't know. Humans are unpredictable. Like, if a fan were to run onto the field and start touching people, like, you're going to have so many repercussions that you don't even know of. Even if a ball got kicked into the fans and a fan touched it and threw it back. Or, again, or actually, think of this. If the players are walking off the field and a fan comes yelling exactly. at them, sign my thing, sign my thing, yes. spittle, 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 they don't have masks on. Exactly. And I mean, you guys have probably seen it in Arizona. There's a big portion of people who are like not mask wearers. And, you know, like I, I could guarantee you there will be people there who are like refusing to wear masks. <laughs> well, actually, though, I will clarify, Bobby Dooley was very uh, clear at the press conference. If you walk into that stadium, you will have a mask on. If they catch you without a mask on for one second, you're out. You're gone. There's zero tolerance for that. So actually That's my good. friend running up to a player could be invalid because you have a mask on. Yeah, but I mean like people like to have them sit underneath their chin. Like uh, yeah. technically they're still wearing it. So <laughs> um, I just, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, one third is very reasonable. Um, you could still social distance, still spread, spread people out. Either way, it's not going to feel the same. No matter what scenario, whether you have to share like a large county game, yeah, like <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to be discouraged from chanting and yelling and everything. Yeah. We're going to have to give each other six foot high fives. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is that? Yeah, and especially, I mean, with me and Aaron, like I told someone the other day, I said I'm not guaranteeing anything. Like I bet you a lot of money I probably won't be on the field. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that they're going to allow anybody on the field in, in any of the, um, the season ticket holders that are field level. I yeah. don't think that they're going to be allowing that either. I, so, so. I don't see that happening. I, the, the only thing I thought of is maybe if we got tested and then said like it came back negative that they would, but I don't, I feel like that they will just use their own team like their team reporters, their team photographer, their team videographer, because yeah. you can control that. Well, but. if you take Bundesliga as an example, no photographers on the pitch at all. Yeah. There no photographers in the field. I think with uh, English Prem, they have cameramen and such on the field, but I didn't see any just press photographers on the side yeah. of the field. I missed it. I have um, a colleague who's shooting the NWSL tournament, but he has to sit up in the stands. I cannot do that. Like, <laughs> I could not shoot from the stands into the field. Like, do you imagine the lens you have to have? <laughs> I'll tell you, there's some cool angles. Um, if you, uh, you want to go above on top of the press box, it's actually um, there's kind of some cool angles you can get from there. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, that, that's where they, they were filming the, the 2017 season that's where the cameras work yeah but yeah you gotta you're shooting everybody's backs yeah I, I got, <laughs> one of my favorite shots ever was from from up there uh didier drogba uh shooting a volley on tim malia against sporting in, in preseason against sporting kc so it was pretty cool um but yeah Will they allow us even up in the press box area? Exactly. We probably not. <laughs> Tiny little box. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about our. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our group here. So we have in the Western Conference we have groups um, A through D. 
we are Group B. We, two of the groups in the Western Conference will have five teams. The other have four teams. Our group is, draw moral, please. No, don't do it. Um, is uh, LA Galaxy 2, Las Vegas Lights, Orange County, and San Diego Loyal. And my, my personal opinion, yeah, yeah, San Diego still has a team. Oh, wow. Still exists there, Kevin. I know you were surprised. <laughs> um, Las Vegas Lights uh, recently did find a, that themselves a coach. Happens to be our old coach. <laughs> so Frank Yollop moving over to Las Vegas Lights. Uh, Yollop was the coach during the final season that Arizona United and took us into the transition into Phoenix Rising before bailing uh, for family reasons um, is what he said. He wanted to spend some more time. But, hey, that's perfectly fine. Uh, because he left, we get coach chance. So that's perfectly yeah. – uh, I'm, I'm oh, happy. Yeah, Patrice. Um, well, we had, we had, right, we had Coach Chance in his first interim stint, then we had Patrice, and then we had Coach Chance in his second interim stint. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> like picking up the slack. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ashley, tell us, what are your thoughts on this region? And uh, is there, what are you looking for with this group? Um. I really expect Rising to dominate this group. Like, I will be thoroughly disappointed if, like, every game is either, like, they barely squeaked it out or it ended in a tie. God forbid it ends in a loss. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, all of these teams. I was curious as to where Rising would fall because if you look at all the groups, we're kind of in the middle of, like, three different groups. Like, it – I was curious as to how they, what group they would put us in with New Mexico and Texas or, um, you know, California. But I thought California originally, just because that's so much closer for us, you know, they can drive by bus and do all that. So for COVID reasons, but it's also going to be very boring, very predictable to play these teams for fans to watch. Um, I mean, it is rising it's always fun to watch rising, but they're playing each team three times. Like, <laughs> so um, it's going to get boring after a while. I feel like, or very predictable. Like you're just going to look at your phone and be like, Hey, they killed them five to nothing, you know, or something like that. Or like, we'll have something weird happen. Like Lubin scoring or something <laughs> like, um, you know, um, I, I, I'm curious to see about San Diego Loyal. Um, we haven't seen much of them. We saw them play two games. And, I mean, they're still a baby team. Uh, they look a lot like Rising when they first started. It, like, reminds me a lot of our 2017 team. So, um, I am curious just because also, too, they have, uh, they have Donovan as our coach. So, um, he does bring experience. And – I'll be curious just to see how he directs his team. I am looking forward to that game where they play rising first, because I just want to see what he like, are they going to hunker down or are they going to even try to attack like good luck? But um, yeah. yeah I think Donovan gives them a really great sort of Drogba effect. Yes. Uh, because, yes. you know, instantly recognizable Donovan was really well known in San Diego as the result of his soccer city, uh, yeah. the soccer city proposal. So, 
you know, I, I really want them to be really strong. And uh, yeah. shout out to Rick Taylor, uh, who is uh, who is uh, watching our live feed. Uh, he'll be a little bit a little bit back, uh, but uh, he is saying, "Hey, this group is also incredibly travelable. We we can actually go to some of these matches if they let us." Yeah. I don't know, Kevin. What? Well, give tell us tell us what your thoughts on this group look like. Are we going to be a priority if they're only allowing a third of fans in? Exactly. Fans going to be a priority? I don't know. I, I don't, don't think so. <laughs> I can tell you this: if they only allow one fan in, it's going to be Monica McPherson, and we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be able to hear her on the ESPN. Oh yeah. There you go. We'll hear her. <laughs> Look, Don't you touch her. him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the censored version. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, like I'm, I was snoring because I, I'm sorry. I, I in the past I looked at these teams and went, you know, these are pretty much sure ones. So yeah, Vegas beat us when we decided to put our B team on their crappy field in Vegas. Um, we only beat them by one point one time, but then we beat them 4 0. We beat LA Galaxy 4 1, and in the other game we beat them, but we only beat them by a point. But we beat them. San Diego has proved nothing. Look at who they played Tulsa and Vegas. They won one of those and they drew the other. Not impressive. Good. Like, like, actually, I love your analogy. It's like Phoenix Rising 2017. Okay, that's fair. Um, but are they going to be a threat to us? The, yeah, no. <laughs> the thing about Phoenix Rising this year, and I would be saying this even if I weren't a Phoenix Rising fan, is the, the team that they're bringing on is formidable. I mean, it is insanely talented, and Rick has got to be just going crazy that he can't field this team for a whole season and yeah. just prove that they are what they are. They have, a little, they have a lot to prove. They have a little time to do it in. They have chemistry. We saw that in the, in the T2 game. They know how to play well together. And that was my biggest issue was I thought, are, is there going to be a lot of stars on the field and they can't play together and they're selfish? No, they're the complete opposite yes. of that. And, and I think we saw some of that in the 2018 season, I, like towards oh. the beginning. It was like everyone wanted to be their own star. And then when they realized, like, hey, if – I passed the ball and like am cohesive with my teammates. We win. Like it was like worlds collide. Like, Oh my God, look at now we're like on a 23 winning streak or whatever it was. So. Absolutely. Um, you're absolutely right. And so I just look, they're, they're teams in the USL. I respect them. I'm not saying that they're bad. OC is the biggest threat of course of, mm -hmm. of any of them. And OC does have a good lineup this year. Um, but the rest of them, there's never a slam dunk. There's never a sure thing. But yeah. geez, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very bitter we don't have New Mexico United because I wanted yes. nothing more than to just drill them into the pitch this year. <laughs> I well, so that, so that brings up the next, the next little piece here, right? We have three matches that we get to play out, out of region. One was already played when we beat up on uh, um, T2. When we beat up on T2, T2. We have three matches. How many of those three matches do you want to have against New Mexico? All three. All three. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, that was actually one of the questions that came to us on Twitter is, 
you know, uh, the Seek and Strike Collective, the, the podcasters that cover uh, New Mexico United, they're bummed out because our Four Corners Cup is gone, right? We, we aren't going to be able to have matches against Real, against all the Four Corners Cup. However, we actually can. So they, so Real, well, not Real Monarchs, um, um, the Baby Butterflies, um, the, the, uh, um, the baby butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Real Monarchs two team. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the baby, the baby butterflies get to play uh, play in the same region as Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. uh, and as um, and as New Mexico. So they're already good in the Four Corners Cup. These three matches. If we just had one match against uh, um, against the team in our Utah team. We can have our team against our Colorado team and, and, the, and against our New Mexico team. So we still can have a bit of a four corners cup, but you're going to have to pick that, you know, it's only four matches. Maybe the result from just the home matches or the, the result from just the away matches or something like that. Um, but in our case, we, that means we'd have to go away to each of those. I don't know. It, it does kind of bum me out that we don't have the four corners cup, uh, I actually got to hold that trophy. I had it in my office for, for a week or so. Um, it is a cool trophy. It's a great tradition. I really want it to continue. Yeah. So for the guys at Seek and Strike, maybe we can still do it. It's just a matter of how much arm twisting is it going to be that our only three non-region games wouldn't have to be against um, uh, Colorado, Utah, and, and uh, New Mexico. And I'd love those, I would love those games. I love those matchups. Um, Colorado seems to be doing good things. Real is always what Real is. And I just want to pulverize New Mexico. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. Uh, and and Rick, Rick Taylor, uh, your, your old co-host, does agree. All three should be against uh, uh, New Mexico. <laughs> so. I really want to see – I really want to go against New Mexico because, I mean, we haven't played them since we got Santi Moore. Like – Come on. Like, <laughs> I oh, want to destroy that. them with their own guy. Like, <laughs> we just all chant Santi, Santi. Yes. Rub it in. And I didn't realize that Kevon Freighter uh, didn't resign with its team. I, I don't know what how I missed that, or maybe I saw it once and I didn't forget, but he's off at Bangalore in, uh, I think that's the Thai, the Thai First League or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely miss it. You miss a little bit of that by, by not having Freighter there and, and our guys, uh, you know, a, a couple of guys from, from our supporters groups who, who really like Kevin, uh, Kevon Freighter. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely would like to see, uh, see Santi go up against his other team, yeah. especially considered how, how much damage he did to us last season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Payback time. Taste of your own medicine. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, that, that's pretty much, pretty much concludes my rundown. Um, I, I think that there's a couple things that still to talk about is, you know, here we are, we're in the middle of the summer. Uh, we should be halfway through the season already. Um, and there are certain things that are part of our club culture and part of our supporter group culture, uh, that we do tend to participate in, uh, and, and, and tend to be active with. And, that our front office responds to certain things that our supporters groups put forth. And with everybody taking off, I think some things get missed. Um, so 
today on Sunday, Sunday June 28th, 28 days uh, into uh, a month that's to celebrate diversity and pride uh, within our LGBTQIA community, um, we finally do get something out of our front office to recognize Pride Month. Uh, but, you know, that is that 20, uh, we're going to let Ashley go last on this, Kevin. <laughs> uh, but Kevin, 28 days into the month here, um, when we had such a great showing with, with Rainbow Smoke uh, last season and really trying to produce a, an inclusive environment, are we 28 days too late to be putting one thing on social media here for Pride Month? You think they might be a little distracted with other stuff? You know, I'm I'm going to compliment them. I'm, I'm comping them on this one. You know, they're not perfect. Uh, they did a great job last year. Um, they, you know, they've missed the mark. I'm not saying that you know they didn't miss the mark, but I'm not going to say that it's because they don't care about um, the LGBT community. It's because they've got other stuff to do. Imagine how much time it is taking just to figure out who they invite if it's going to be a third of fans into the stands and how they're going to settle that out. I asked that of Bobby Dooley uh, at a press conference and he just shook his head, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is insanely difficult to figure out. It's like you just got to figure out how few people you can piss off in the process because that's mm -hmm. all it's going to be. Every season fan is going to feel entitled. That's just one of a myriad of different issues that they're dealing with right now. Yes, does it take five minutes to tweet something out? Absolutely. Does it take time to come up with the message, get the message approved, get the message, the graphic design done and everything? There is a process that they have to go through. So I'm willing to say, you know what? Okay, you, you didn't really do a great job this year. We get it, you're distracted, move on. Yeah, you know, it, it's such a, it's an odd time, right? I mean, we're, we're in this really sort of strange position where um, there's so much of ev every single thing that we talk about t tends to look like a powder keg. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's, they're fighting against so much, including a lot of people in the front office are kind of fighting for their jobs. You know, I, I can imagine they, that they have some things that they're worried about and just trying to pull, pull all this stuff off um, and have a cohesive message. Do want to give a big shout out to uh, um, to our goalkeeper Zach Lubin uh, for actually coming out, joining uh, members of the supporters groups, uh, primarily Banditos and, and Christian and some of the guys out there as as part of the the Black Lives Matter marches. Um, it was it was just amazing to see Zach Lubin, uh, first of all, as tall as he is, towering above <laughs> all the other marchers, but a re really great piece of solidarity there. Um, Ashley, take it away. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, <laughs> on, on the club's role in, in, in these social movements that are existing in, in today's uh, society. Yeah, um, there's a lot going on in society today. And if you aren't careful, if your timing is wrong, if you word something wrong, you're going to get called out for it. And I think the club is just experiencing timing issues like we have not heard anything for a month since they posted about um helping the black community and defending the black community we haven't heard anything from for a month and i will be honest i was very disappointed in that like um you have people in charge of that 
you have people where that's their jobs and either the ball was not started. Like no one said, Hey, um, we need to like start posting about resources for, to help the black community or to help our communities or like, um, to do even play. I mean, listen guys, Phoenix rising is set up for success in this area. You have six black players that are pretty much stars on your team. Five of them are starters. One is your captain. You mean to tell me you can't interview them? You can't see what their ideas are about this? I mean, that's someone's job. And that's something very simple. You have an owner who is Black, who is an advocate for this. If you don't follow Drogba, like, you you don't see that he has posted a lot about this. So no one thought, hey, let's reach out to him and see if he can say something on behalf of the team he owns. Um so like to me somebody dropped the ball i don't know who i don't know if it's um someone's maybe gave all of those ideas and then someone shut it down i have no idea and but i feel like the rising community is hurting from it is hurting from the fact that their club who for years has defended them has supported them all of a sudden is silent and all we see is posts about practice going on. Um, I will say they're doing some um, good stuff about COVID, um, you know, the masks and like promoting people wearing them and stuff. Um, but I mean, um, like if it weren't for people saying stuff on Twitter yesterday, I don't know if you would have saw anything today. I really uh, don't know. And even then, I know a lot of people have been like, yeah, that's great. Thank you. But we had to say something for you to do that. So either way, the rising community is hurting from it. Um, do I think the club is learning and growing? Yeah, we all are. We are all learning and growing. I mean, like I am. Um, but I will say too, I have had a lot of people compare an organization to a personal account. Those are to totally different things. If you're going to learn and grow and take a month to do that on your personal account, by all means, I hope you like learn and you figure everything out. As an organization, you represent your fan base, you represent your athletes, you have a voice amongst the league, you um, represent your staff, like, come on. It's not hard. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because what we were talking, we, Ashley and I kind of riffed on this a little bit before we started recording. And, and, you know, social media campaigns, you have a calendar. You know, these yes. are the things that yeah. we're doing in the month. This is the things that we're doing in the month of February because it's Black History Month. These are the things that we're doing um, in the month of May. This is how we're recognizing these activities and those activities. And I understand, you know, a lot of that stuff had – had to change in a big way but you still you wrote down that calendar generally a year in advance and especially I with pride month like pride month is still gonna be here no matter what's going on well and, like, you, and you would normally you would normally post about it right? where you have these these t-shirts that are sponsored for this yes. yeah. you know we had mother's day we had pink mother's day shirts uh for breast cancer awareness so those things were already scheduled back in January. So yeah, I mean, it's a miss. And I, th 
a little bit of kudos to, to um, Jose Bosch for um, sort of accepting some responsibility and, and, and sort of yeah. saying, yeah, you know, we missed the boat here. Um, and I will say too, like accepting responsibility and like learning and uh, like moving forward, move forward guys. Like there's no point in ripping them still over an issue that's already been addressed and they're learning and we're moving forward. Like there's no point in that. Um, that's, like, that's the thing. It's a mistake. Sorry, I made a mistake. We'll do better next year. Let's move on. But people, yeah. they're in this cancel culture thing and all that other kind of crap. And it's just like, you know, I look, I know I'm old as hell, right? But if I'm on the street playing stickball with a friend of mine, that's how old I am, we play stickball, right? And I got pissed at him and punched him in the nose and he's bleeding all over the place. And he ran home to his mom or whatever, came back, you know, later on I see him like, oh man, I'm sorry, it's bad. He didn't hang on to that for the next yeah. 12 months and say, we're done, we're not friends anymore. It's just like, one day I'm going to belt you too, you know that. I'm like, yeah, and I deserve yeah. it. Okay. And, and listen, on. like, yeah, I've had a lot of people think that I was... I made a thread just with a bunch of facts on Twitter and I had a lot of people think that I was attacking the club. No, attacking no. versus holding responsibility is two totally different things. Like, <laughs> um, and, and it was so yes. well written. It was <laughs> so well written. Thank you. Thank you. Took a long, I'm not going to lie. It took me like probably two hours and I was so like nauseous. Cause I was like, Oh God, I don't know who's going to like, <laughs> take this the wrong way or take it the right way <laughs> but um you know like I did guys I did do like research on um all the west teams and what they've posted I spent like probably uh, two hours and I went through everything and it, it's just a shame that you see some teams like who don't do anything but you see greatness still like what New Mexico United is doing I give my I give all the props to them. Um, I just saw today Orange County is having a Hispanic advisory board that they're now starting. That is huge. Like, props to you guys. I know we're rivals, but props to you guys for getting that started. Like, I, I give you all the credit. Um, I, like, something as easy as giving education tools for Juneteenth, a lot of teams did that, but we didn't see anything from our team. Um, it's just, I feel like they dropped the ball, but once again, admit you're wrong, move forward. I hope to see action items and not statements too. Um, like, what are you going to do now? Like, what are you going to do for your community? How are you going to bridge that gap? So, and Zach Lubin, love the guy. He's awesome. Thank you. Um, he's been so vocal and has supported, um, all the supporters so much. So. Props to him. I know he would want me to say, make sure to tag Brianna Taylor and Elijah McLean for justice. So <laughs> I'm throwing that in there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You got to keep. We we have to we have to keep these these folks at the at the forefront because um, soccer is is such an important in sport in general, but especially soccer and soccer community is is <clears throat> such an important piece of the pie. Um, in terms of social outreach. It is literally not a game. Um, mm -hmm. It is a social movement, and uh, that can be seen from everything from um, uh, magnets on cars to people who come up to, to, to speak to us from wearing gear, um, 
it, it's a way that we can help affect change. And I, I, I know that that front office really has an understanding of that. And uh, this is just, you know, it's another lesson that we all learn, right? Um, in, in, in a way to try to make things better in our community and better for our club. So that, that pretty much hits everything that I wanted to hit on uh, for this week anyway. Uh, we are going to come back in probably another two weeks. We'll have another episode in about two weeks or so. Um, and, and then we'll try to maybe do some weekly shows, try to make it on a regular time so that we can, we can live cast it, maybe even uh, get people to join in on Zoom. I'm paying for this, the, 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 the subscription. So might as well try to use it the best of our ability. Ashley, is there anything you, uh, uh, anything you want to send us away with? No guys, make sure to wear your damn masks. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, make sure to wear your masks, be smart. And, you know, all the love. I love my club. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, love, love Rising. I love all the guys on there. Um, hopefully we can get some guys to come on here. But uh, all of the guys are awesome. All of them are unique in their own way. And I can't wait to see what this season is going to hold. I think um, even though it's very different, it's going to be good. It's going to be unique. And a trophy's a trophy either way. <laughs> What about you, Kev? Um, same thing. Just wear your mask. Just get over yourselves, people. If you're not wearing them, wear, wear your masks. Um, I mean, actually said it all. Uh, this is about the club and the community around the club. Um, I have a great love for the fam around this club, and I love the club itself, too. Um, I just want us to get through this. Uh, I'd love to see us hoisting a trophy, but for right now, Let's just get through this whole thing in a healthy and safe way. And, uh, you know, there will be future seasons. Sounds good. And, hey, uh, footy is returning back in the Valley. If you are interested tonight, uh, it's 6 o'clock somewhere in El Mirage. Uh, FC Arizona is going to be facing off against a brand-new UPSL squad on that side of town. Uh, uh, their FC Arizona U23s played – the East Valley Soccer Club, which is a former MSC, uh, Mesa Soccer Club United uh, squad yesterday. So we're starting to get some things back. And those are good matches to go to if you want to catch some footy because you can definitely be very social distance because not a lot of people go to those games. Uh, but, you know, we're all about supporting soccer all throughout the Valley. Uh, so if you happen to be on the west side uh, and, uh, and watching us live here on our live stream, then uh, please make sure to try to go out and, and support your local soccer teams. Uh, I'd like to thank Kevin Gates for, uh, for joining us today as a guest and a, a big hearty welcome to Ashley making a big splash in her, uh, in her first episode as co-host. Thank you guys so much. Uh, lots of love and uprising to all you fans out there. <laughs>